0: Welcome to another podcast episode with me, Pastor Josh, and me, Pastor Matt. Pastor Matt, we could be, um, uh, won't you be my neighbor guy? Um, Oh, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. Hey, neighbor. Won't you be my neighbor? (laughs) No. Oh, wow. No, I will. I will. Well, Pastor Matt, here we are, another podcast episode, and we promised people that today was going to get Wild, A little spicy. A little spicy. Yeah. And, and predominantly because you uh, touched on the idea of the way that Jesus makes people a priority. So if you want to give a quick recap on that, and then uh, we'll, we'll get right into it.
1: Yeah. I, the quick recap is that Jesus, even in the midst of his busy life, even in the midst of all the stuff that he was responsible for, uh, took time for people, and even if it inconvenienced them he he dealt with people and he prioritized them and I think we talked about how he did that in a way which was that he met uh, on their level, yep and he met on common ground and used terms and vernacular that were uh, understood. Yep. Instead of Christianese and and um, you know weird words that that the non-churchy people and actually maybe some churchy people don't even understand. Sure. And and then th- th- just briefly talked about how he, and ninety percent of what when he did this he did it either in a home or in a gathering of people in a um, you know at a workplace mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and and not at church. And oftentimes when it was at church, it was not for the churchy people, it was it, it was for the religious. He, right. he he kind of almost rebuked the religious. And that's kind of the, the conversation that if people are good enough for Jesus, then people should be important enough to us. Yeah. Um and yet in our message, kind of stirred a little something up inside of you. Yes. Where I could see that there's some tension that you're wrestling with that. Yes. So and we're going to take a, a slight different approach Yeah. where normally you ask questions and I talk. Yeah, yeah, sure. I chime in every yeah, once in no, a while. Th- this is you. This is the Josh Singh oh special um, because I know that this is a hot topic for you. It's something that, you know, g- really grinds your gears. <laughs>
0: So I feel like I was just in a in a (laughs) uh, in a uh, Paw Patrol video right there. (laughs) Grinds your gears. Mm. Okay, Apache or whatever. Stupid. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) My kids were were much older by the time all that came through. Ryder. Yeah, we had his name was Ryder. Doodle Bops, Dora the Explorer.
1: No, caricature. Yes like Dora.
0: No. <laughs> Shut up, Dora. Nobody likes you. Yeah, um, I think we missed that phase. Thank uh, you, Lord. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're lucky. Yeah. Uh, yes, it grinds my gears. Um, and, and the reason being is because, so there's a lot of, hmm, I think lip service paid to this idea of loving all people um, or making people a priority. And think what what really grinds my gears is for me when my parents um you know became christians or followers of jesus for the first time like for me i i was around i don't know eight or nine legitimately saw a change in them like they they changed as people hmm. and you know uh they're both quirky that like but they're wonderful folks that you know actually do take their faith seriously and like never forced it on us but like it, there was something tangible there. Hmm. And like, there are so many people that I run in in circles with and that you run in circles with um, in, in various spaces in, our, in, in the world and in culture where like, they're amazing people. They're just amazing people. But at the end of it, what happens is a lot of times, uh, you know, in the Christian world, We get so busy playing these stupid, awful games like, oh, the Sunday school program and oh, uh, I'm going to do the this or that thing. Uh, Oh, the sermon wasn't good enough. Oh, the music wasn't exactly how I liked it. Oh, um, you know, like, oh, the, the preaching wasn't deep enough. It wasn't theological enough. Hmm. Right. Like we, we continually go at these dumb things that don't matter when at the end of the day, the people around us like need some hope. And what are we doing? We're hiding away, acting like we're a big deal. And really, like we're folks that literally have lived in a cave and every time we pop our head out, we're like, oh, we're, we're still relevant. No, nobody cares about what the local church does whatsoever. The only time they do care is when it's around abuse or some, uh, some kind of abuse of power. So the, the negative side of All of church. the negative stuff. Right. Because that's the stupid things that we do that we pay lip service to on the inside. We're like, oh, you know what? You got to honor people. You got to honor the pastor. You got to honor folks okay, how about you honor folks by not abusing them or covering up the abuse or doing things that really actually hurt people in a way that leaves them completely scarred inside based on their spirituality. Like stop doing that junk. And maybe just maybe people will look inside of the local church and be like, huh, maybe there's something here that I ha- that, that I should, um, connect with. Maybe they have something that I don't. And at this point, um, if it wasn't for the fact that I love Jesus very much because of my own faith journey, uh, I don't know if I would look into a local church like today and be like, you know what? I should give this a try. Yeah. I'm glad you've
1: kind of built this slowly to this point, Ugh. right? I mean, we, we've kind of created, sort of set the plot and yes, you know you're just you know you're easing into easing? this for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean you're hitting it hard. Yeah. You you mentioned something um, on Sunday in regards to um, the obesity of yep. the Christian church. Yes. D- dive into that a little bit more well, because you you touched on it there from a yep. different angle, but well, dive on that.
0: The exact the exact thing I was talking about just two seconds ago, where it's like we we want to grow in our faith before we actually use it. And we're like, you know what? I I need to get fed. I need to get all of the good spiritual content and vitamins inside of me. I need vitamin J for Jesus. (laughs) Oh, no. Really? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I need vitamin (laughs) P for prayer. I need vitamin B for Bible. Mm. But I need vitamin B12 because I need those I don't, know, what, whatever, I don't know. 12 disciples. Whatever it is. <laughs> so, so like, but that's what we do. We're like, oh, I just need more of this. I need more of that. And when, when I'm fully ready, when I have everything I need and I feel fully equipped, then I'm going to go and tell people the, the good news that Jesus has for me. Funny thing, though, is that when people do that, they start getting fatter and fatter spiritually. Over and over and over again, and I know you probably shouldn't say fat, but like that's like th- like that's the thing. Ple- pleasantly plump, pleasantly horizontally plump, liberated, horizontally liberated, and they and they continually gorge and gorge and gorge and gorge. And the funny thing is, the very thing that they were gorging on that was supposed to be good for them, now they absolutely loathe in a way.
1: Is that when do you think we go from? um kind of positive to negative in the sense of now you start nitpicking the critical. sermon you're critical right you're nitpicking the yes. sermon uh they didn't sing as the deer this Sunday yeah so now I'm mad oh or the pastor spoke too long we couldn't get to Swiss Chalet which is like a, a An Ontario, East Ontario, Island, thing. Ontario, yeah.
0: Ontario thing and, and and is that when you get to that realm Do you yes think? I I think so and really what it is is purposeless Christians. They've turned church programming, church attendance, church whatever, into their purpose rather than actually what Jesus said your purpose was—to go and to tell people about what God's done in your own life, right. right? Like that's literally it. We're like He's not sitting there, like we said on 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 the weekend, doing check marks around, like, oh my goodness, they attended church five times this week, amazing. They read their Bible. Uh, seven days a week for an hour and a half. Boom! Another crown, another jewel in the crown. Oh my God! When he prays, he touches heaven. Oh, like going on and on about all of these things. That's like those are good practices, and right. you need those practices. I'm not saying that you don't need those, but what I'm saying is we put so much emphasis on that, like the the practice of the game, that we don't ever actually play the game. Right. It's it, it you know a sports analogy where
1: you know, you're constantly working out in the gym in basketball, working on your layup on your jump shot and private. You. I needed that. Right. Thank, Thank you. you. And then yeah, I, I had to go basketball. Yeah, please with go you. basketball. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't Sorry. any other sports. And so like, yeah, you're working on your jump shots, your three pointers, your defense, your, your, your layups, your free throws. And then when game time comes, you
0: would just prefer to sit on the bench. And what are we talking about? I'm going to quote the great Allen Iverson. We're talking about practice, <laughs> practice, practice,
1: Right. Practice. Yeah. I think uh, there's a lot of Christians that don't either know how to get in the game or want to yeah. get in the game. Okay. This is a okay. little bit off topic about what I'm about to say, okay. but I'm, it, does this fall under that category, sure. that banner, do you think? When someone says to you or when you say to people, hey, could you pray for me? Yeah. And people say, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. Do you have a certain um, percentage in your
0: head of how many of those people will actually pray for you? Yeah. You know what? It's 10%. Be- okay. <laughs> because I'm I'm just as guilty as everybody else. Right. Oh, yeah, I'll pray for you. I had to start making a practice of like, if I said I'm going to pray for them, I'm going to pray for them right then and there. Yeah. Because I don't ha- Like, look... I- <laughs> My brain is going to forget it. I'm not going to think about it until this thing happens. going to be months later, and then I'll be like, oh, shoot. Right, or you that. see an
1: update on Facebook. Yeah, you're like, like, oh, oh shoot, shoot, I should have prayed for that no, person. they got
0: divorced. This sucks. Like, <laughs>
1: uh, like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I know. No, but, but that's what I'm like. D- is that fall under this whole overarching category of um, what we say we believe and what we practice we believe or what we put into action what we believe? Yes. So
0: I, this is probably a very, very probably contentious theological perspective, but I really think the opinions held in this podcast,
1: are not those of my church.
0: Well, actually like, so when you look at the book of revelation, for example, and people are actually standing before God even in the Gospels. I think I said this um, last week or whatever, but like when when God judges us, he judges us based on what we've done, which is a dichotomy because in the Gospel, it's you are saved not by works, but by grace, right? So you're not saved by the stuff that you do. You're sim- It's because of God's good grace by giving us Jesus that we're like, oh, well, now we have, we have the ability to be connected to God uh, not only by what Jesus has done, but also you know through the fact that He's given us his spirit. Now there's a connection point, great. And yet revelation says you will be judged based on what you've done so how how do we reconcile both of those things I'm using that big words reconcile how how do you make sense of that essentially, right? like right. And I really, really think, and I I think I can back this up pretty darn well, that the reason why we're judged by what we do is because it's a direct indication of what we actually believe. Your belief system will lead you to your actions. But
1: uh, that's true in every case. If I tell my wife I love her and then show and do nothing to prove that, Yep. do I really love her or, or at least from her perspective do yeah. I love her
0: but but this is what I'm saying Christians now are so biblically illiterate have no understanding of overarching theology in terms of like the start to finish of the of, of the Bible they just want to feel good about themselves in, in in many in many ways oh I'm feeling very good but in the end like if you can't put that together, and understand, well, why is he judging us based on what we do? If everything that we believe in the Christian faith is that it's by grace, then the direct connection is what you believe actually motivates you oh, to do something. That's a hundred percent for you and me It's and, and for others. But I'm, not
1: even just biblically, not even about your spiritual no. life. Like if they're in general, if general, if you mm-hmm. believe in something, you're going to go after it. You're going to push for it. Totally. You're going to you know, live a life that leads that direction.
0: I've said this a million times though. Christians love judging other people by their in, by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. Mm. Mm. Say it again. Say it again. We have a tendency of judging other people by their actions. Oh, look at her. She got pregnant before she got married. Oh, they're living together, those dirty people. Oh, look at over here. They don't, you know, think the same way we do. They don't act the same way. Ah, ha. ha, ha, ha. Like, and then all of a sudden, when we're the ones that are, you know, doing things that might be hypocritical. Oh, I did this, probably shouldn't have done that. Oh, it's against my belief system. Ooh. We we give ourselves a lot of like. You know, but I didn't intend for this to happen. Right. Well, what did you think was going to happen?
1: Yeah, I, I heard it said once, um, g- good intentions pave the road to hell. <laughs> okay. Now, I, I, know that, I know that's... Pave. It's, it's pretty intense. But the idea is, like, we can have all kinds of good intentions. Sure. I I have great intentions to do dot, dot, dot. Intentions don't get you anywhere. Man, I really intended to work out for the last 10 years. Yeah, sure. I just haven't. Sure. And and so you you see this tension. Yeah. Because you can see it in people. Like you know. I I see it in people. Like when I use the example of prayer, like, hey, can I pray with you? And it's like, oh, I you're right. I should be, pray- I yeah. should be probably praying. Sure. Um or or Reading your Bible, sure. Or let you know. Let's get real. Like Christians yeah. know that they're probably supposed to tithe, sure, but they don't, right? And, and you go, you go down the list of, well, they know they're supposed to,
0: but they don't. Well, to other things like, I have friends of mine that are not Christian people that by their actions. Believe in the dignity of another human, right? More than a Christian person, that more than some of the Christian people that I know, right? And it was funny that you mentioned this whole
1: theology thing because I read an article recently from a research group, uh, down in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and this had more to do with like conspiracies to an extent, right? Okay, so you pick, you know, whether it's COVID or whether it's something else, like I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to.
0: Wow, wow, I, whatever. But we're, we're going. there.
1: No, but I mean, it, it's just conspiracy theorists. Okay. Yeah. And, and their conclusion after doing about a three-year research project with doctors and all this yep. kind of stuff was that one of the one of the issues is that you have, and they they use the word the common man mm-hmm, mm-hmm. has access to the Bible. Yeah. Without proper training and education to henceforth. I said it again. Oh three my Three weeks in a row. Every week. Th- like I, and I, I'm, listen, I am, I am I'm and consistent go henceforth. and henceforth, but they're, they're, they're almost creating a theology that's not biblical. Yeah. So they're interpreting scripture the way that they'd like to. Sure. Without going into you know what we're trained to do you know gr- you know yeah. going to college and stuff to look at a at the greek or the hebrew or go into an exegesis of a passage or, or do something like this to, to delve into what really what was the intent they just pull the scripture out yeah. and go well this seems to meet my need yeah and then they throw it out there and then when it's all you know we we as um Sometimes as college graduates from, from theology yeah. go, well, give me context. Like, what's the context? Because the context, what you're stating, is completely out of whack. Yes. And, and so the tie into to all of that is we we've created a theology of me.
0: Well, you, right? know, you know who I blame for that? Pastors. Oh. Because yeah, the way that we taught people how to read the, the Bible was, hey— Find the verses that touch your life, or touch your heart. Oh, just hold on to them. Quote them over and over again. Cool. Half of them were quoted out of context. Right. They just find the verse. Oh, like I I, I did this for years in a in a class I taught at uh, at, at Elam. Right. Like was hey uh, actually do the context work. Jeremiah 29, uh, 11, Right. Oh. I know the plans I have for and you. Prosper. Says the Lord. Mm, prosper. Hey, you know, and like, Oh, people think, Oh, that's good. I'm, I'm going to, that's going to be my life verse. Well, good for you. It's your life verse. It makes no sense. Like, unless you read it in context, then you can actually be like, wow, this is actually super deep. And it's not even about you. Like, that's the thing that people don't get. They read things and they're like, they put themselves, like you said, as the me monster <sighs> into the middle of the story. Would you say it was meology? Meology. Oh, oh come like on. It.
1: That just right, right off the top of I my like head. It. Meology. I like it,
0: you know, come like on. and, and one of my one of my favorite um, you know, speakers was was talking at a pastor's thing one time and said like we have to stop making ourselves the center of of the story. Right. He said makes literally no no sense. He said take David and Goliath, for example. How often in our circles, people preach it this way. They're like, oh, you know, you got a million, you got a million Goliaths in your life, right? And you just need the power of God to put down those Goliaths and put them to bed, whether it's addiction or it's some kind of sexual sin. Slay your giants. Slay your giants with just the power of God in your hands. Wow. Right? Wow. Cool. Well, okay. Uh, Everything in my life is way bigger than me, right there, like, There's giants everywhere. Like, I, I can't, I can't do it on my own, right? right? But like we put ourselves into the space of David, and we're like, oh, I'm the hero, and killed glass, okay. Which is such a natural tendency, right? You go to a, you go to a movie, yes. You
1: put yourself in the hero role, oh, I'm the hero, unless you're really messed up, and then you put yourself in the villain role, yes, um, totally. And so we naturally want to be the center of. Miology exactly except
0: that the theology is about god right theos god okay fine great so like the better way to to go at that is hey i'm the cowering israelite in the corner over here that has no idea what to do because i'm terrified out of my mind because there's an eight to nine foot giant with a massive sword jesus is actually david He's the one slaying the giants for me. And now he is the conquering hero of the story, not me. So every time I have something I'm facing, I'm not thinking, you know what? I am going to take care of it because I can't, I literally cannot. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to depend on the one who can to give me strength so that I can uh, actually face things the way that he would want me to do it. Like so Jesus he's the one. Jesus isn't your co-pilot. He's not my co-pilot. He's your driver. He's the driver. Right. I'm useless. I'm useless. Like, if there's anything good in me, it has nothing to do because, oh, well, I worked hard at self-improvement. Like, no. Like, it has nothing to do with that. Ask anybody who knew me pre-anything. Like, uh, pre-faith becoming a serious thing. And that's what drives me about the whole um, make people a priority is because ultimately, like, you have people who are literally looking for something that is significant, is tangible, is not complicated, is literally, like, there are people actually doing these things out here, and what are we doing? We're sitting around not making anybody else a priority. We're doing the things that make us comfortable. So then we can actually look around and be like, well, that was successful. Meanwhile, the church across the nation is dying and we're sitting around talking about like, you know what? We just got to get back to the things that we used to do. Huh? Okay, cool. That's been tried several times, okay? If you're in the church world, there's been these big moments, right? Like Brownsville Revival, Mm -hmm. uh, the Jesus People Movement in the 70s. You had uh, Toronto Airport. You had, you know, uh, whatever Todd Bentley was back in, like, started out pretty good for a while. Mm -hmm. Like, you had all of these movements that started, like, even even early Pentecostalism, the the whole denomination that we're part of, right? Like, you watch it start, and you see things grow, and it's great— but people get in the way and they start making things about themselves. And then everything starts going down to the bottom right corner of the screen. Yeah, it's every not time.
1: about it becomes less about people and more about preference. Totally. Right? Or so, pride. Or even. pride, sure. P- let's pick a P word. Pride. A- and, and, you know, how many times have you been in a... An, a disagreement or an argument with someone because the drums are too loud at church, or yeah. the there's no organ, or you didn't play enough hymns, or totally. you're not dressing the right way, or you don't look the right way, or you know, um, we would prefer the service to be this length, and, totally. and and like you just start going down the list of all these preferences and all these things that make me feel good, and it has nothing to do with people no. who don't. Know Jesus. And so, like you said, we we end up majoring on stuff that is completely minor to anybody else. Yes. Right. And I think that's been shown to us over the last couple of years in regards to people outside of the church Mm -hmm. who, like, within the church sometimes we think we're a big deal let's be honest okay like in the church culture and the church world we it's a small world yes. and so we think we're big deals yes but
0: outside no one, no one knows and no, no one, knows one cares right? right do you think anybody knows who Furtick is nobody knows uh, do you know do you think anybody knows who you know any one of these biggest names are like a few people might but the overall majority of people don't. You know why? Because they don't care. They're not important to anything in their life. And often,
1: if they do know of them, it's probably negative. Could be negative, right? The Carl yeah. Lentz thing of the world, or totally you know, stuff happens at a at a bigger church, and there's more of a, a an issue than there is a positive Absolutely. thing, right? Absolutely. And and so it just makes you wonder, like, how do we? How can we make the shift? Help us make a shift. From prioritizing, I mean, other than putting mm-hmm. what we practice into play.
0: Yep. Wow, well, was a lot of peas tonight.
1: Thanks. Um, like, we, we have to do something because right now, like I told you the other day, like while we were just talking, my, my biggest fear moving into this next phase of, of what we call life here, pre, post, mid pandemic, mm-hmm. is mobilizing people. Yeah. It is getting people to even reconnect at at a at a, a, a normalized level, not at church, not at a Sunday gathering, but just coming into your home and, yeah. and 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 partaking in connection together. I I struggle seeing people are more hesitant and more resistant and they're they're walking away from certain things and they're not connecting like they used to. And so that's my fear is that even our own people, our own Christians, our own church type people are becoming even more removed. So why would they even consider other people at this point?
0: Because if they actually love Jesus, they'll listen to what he said for them to do like consider others above yourself Like over and over again in the new testament both the gospels all of the writings of paul like that comes up over and over again like put other people first consider somebody else's need more than yours like paul says it jesus says it it comes up over and over again what we don't like is putting other people's needs first because at some point we feel like we're going to get gypped. So I, I think like the way forward from this is really not like, oh, you just got to do more of the same thing. I, I really do think it's, you know what? Do you actually believe, first and foremost, you got to decide this, like evaluate it. Do you actually believe what the whole Christian story is about? Like, like, do you actually, because if you don't believe it, it's going to affect everything else. So like, do people make mistakes? Absolutely they do. Do I say then, oh, they obviously don't believe the, you know, Jesus and the story of the gospel and like all, no, I don't do that because people make mistakes. Mm -hmm. But it's how people recover from those things that matter to me. And I think the way forward is to not make it about, First of all, the church institution. Okay, it doesn't matter how big your church is, how big the pastor is, how big uh, you know the the you know the the movement that you follow is. There is no room in the Christian life for any form of pride, whatsoever. You are not a big deal. You have never been a big deal. You will never be a big deal. You were literally going to die and people are not going to remember you. So stop playing this dumb game of, oh, look, I built a good church or we did this or look, we had a Bible study that was successful or the pastor preached the sermon that exactly I liked or like I went to church every day of my life. Good for you. Like my thing is, where's the fruit of it all? Like at the end of it, that's what I want to see out of people. If there are imperfect folks that, you know, you'd be like, wow, are they even Christians? But they're loving people really well. I'm going to, I'm going to go in their corner all day versus the old cranky lady that's going to tell me, oh, well, I wouldn't wear that to church because it looks like a rag. Well, good for you, old lady. Like I'm done with all of that. Like if you want to play these dumb games about like how you people get dressed and what they do and judge them for having tattoos and like going off like no wonder nobody wants to be part of it. So my thing is, where's the fruit? That is at the end of the day, where is it? So pride is not a fruit that needs to be in a Christian's life. So if that's there, get the heck out of there. Um, if if I'm not watching people get more patient over time, if I'm not watching people become more loving or like actually growing in things over time, then like I, I don't have time for this. For folks, especially people that are, you know, in their 20s right now that want to question literally everything like, okay, cool, like question it. I have no problem with you questioning things. But if the questioning doesn't lead then to something effective or to actually something fruitful, then all you're doing is wallowing in something that you shouldn't be wallowing in. Like it, it becomes a point where it becomes ridiculous, right? Like I've read every book by John Mark Comer. I don't care. Who is John Mark Comer? He is literally a guy that writes about spiritual disciplines. You've read every darn book by John Mark Comer, but you haven't changed your spiritual disciplines. I'm just going to say, you're an idiot. Like, just stop. Like, actually do something with your life, because at the end of it, all you're doing is reading books. You've listened to a million podcasts. I listen to Transformation Church all the time. I listen to these guys all the time. I listen to, you know, you know, whoever, like Bethel and Hillsong and all these guys. Like, good for you. Like, you listen to all these freaking weirdos all of the time talking about all this stuff. Talking, you listen to sermons over and again. Are those sermons actually getting deep into your soul? Or are you just listening to sermons because they get, you? oh, that was good. Yeah, that was a good point. And now you can regurgitate it over and over again. Get out of here. Like do something with it. So for me, at the end of it, it's like, yeah, well, how do we get out of it? <laughs> Listen, just Nike the whole thing. Just do it for goodness sakes. Right. If you, you say you believe it, just do it. So do you have a strong opinion on this or oh, I don't like I don't I, I don't know where
1: I, you stand. I know. Right? I know. How, like I, I just I'm, went off for
0: like ten no, minutes are about this. Are
1: you confused or no? I think I think you're I think what I'm hearing from you is that Counsel me, please. If you're, I mean, no, no, uh, there's no counseling meeting because I think you're, you're expressing a certain level of frustration that I think a lot of, I don't want to say true believers because that's, that's harsh, but, <laughs> but I'm, I think you're expressing what, what there are some that feel that yeah. it's like, if you're going to talk the talk, then you better
0: walk the walk like, and we talk a good game. We cry a good game. Go to every conference on the planet. Oh, Jesus, save the lost. Oh my goodness. I'm a diamond for the Lord. Like a diamond? Cool. I don't know. That's okay. what they say at women's conferences.
1: What? Okay. You know it's true. All opinions are not. Um no, and, and I think I think that's the 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 frustrating thing. Yeah. And, it, and it's probably been a frustrating thing as a as a pastor. Sure. Specifically, because you are engaged we are engaged in people's lives and so we see the the fruit as you've called it we've yes. seen the growth and there are people who grow slower than others totally and there are lots of people who take three steps forward and five steps back, and yeah. and and that is all well and good. That's and fine. Giving it your best shot and going after it. Um, but even those people who mess up and and screw up and aren't perfect, they're they're trying. They're walking the walk. They're talking there's the talk. Fruit. There's fruit. You're trying yeah. your best. The frustration comes when you're sitting there and you're seeing. Well, I guess what Revelation, if you're talking about the Book of Revelation, talks about is you're you're either. You're either hot, or you're cold, or you're cold. But if you yes, if,
0: you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But guess. if you ride the fence, the Bible says that God will lukewarm. Yeah, right. Uh, if you're lukewarm, he he will
0: spew you out. He vomits you Matt, out. Matt, we're having fights in most churches about a freaking vaccine. Like we're talking about, oh, you shouldn't take it. It's it's the it's the devil. We we were eventually at some oh, point gonna
1: have to get yeah. to this, right? Oh, <laughs>
0: over here, like no, you should take it because if you don't take it, you're an awful human being. Like you have churches divided up on on a on a vaccine, right. on a vaccine, and and they can't even be united on the things like hey, uh, Jesus. Like walking around and then no wonder people laugh at us cuz they're like these people can't even get their stuff together. One person thinks it's it's literally the mark of the beast, which is ridiculous by the way. If you think that, you need to just learn how to read the Bible cuz you're ridiculous. You're ridiculous. And if you're on the other side, judging people who feel that way, well, don't judge them. They're your brother and sister in Christ. Like, leave them alone. Be patient with them and talk them through it. Be balanced. Like, why we are we, we got to be extreme? Like, people listen to Facebook and to the algorithm of their social media more than they listen to Jesus, which tells you people are addicted to something, and it's not to actually listen to the voice of Ooh, God. It's not addicted to Jesus, DC Talk. Oh, shout out. Jesus. So, like they they listen to the algorithm more than they listen to Jesus and like no wonder people are like Dude, are these people actually should i take these people for real yeah. <laughs> like
1: well hopefully next week we will be able to get into a topic that you're passionate about <sighs> um i just can't like no and i think i think to tie it all together tie it here, together pastor i'm trying i'm trying uh, the, to tie it all together at the end it's this idea that Jesus prioritized people. Yes. And he made people the most important thing. More than programs, more than his own pride, more than his own preferences. Preferences. Thank you. Got it. Yeah. See, I yeah. was getting there. I love Three it. Three P's, right? And and I think when 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 he did that, the outcome of all of that was people's lives were changed. Mm-hmm. And the church grew. Yes, and and Jesus was made known, and and Jesus was put at the center of the story. Yeah, and so if it's good enough for Jesus, it has to be good enough for us. And so we have to take out the myology and bring into the theology. Yes. We have to bring God back to the center of it. Yeah, and I know it's a struggle. Like I know it's, we're me monsters. And I've said that literally a million times. Yeah.
0: You, you want to go off again, don't no, you? Okay. what I want to say in a more calm <laughs> You look very manner. calm right yes. now to me. Okay. What I want to say in a more calm manner is, I find more fulfillment in ministry, being at my secular demonic job. I like, you know what I mean? Like in, 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 the world job, in the world, talking to people like quote, and I had air quotes, by the way, people, yeah, they're beautiful air in, quotes in, 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 with one hand. Um, I get more fulfillment of being around that, the creativity of it, getting to know people that don't think, act like me, you know, like have a whole different philosophy of, of life than me. I find joy there. And it's not because I'm finding joy. Like, Oh, Oh, I'm, I'm I'm in this now, like I, I'm changing. Like it, I think the joy is that I'm exactly where I need to be. I'm f- like, I, I feel like, uh, for years for me personally being in, uh, you know, a full time church role, like it, it was really, it sucked the life out of me in many ways because I had to play these politics around church people and be like, oh yeah, well, you know, that's what I think of the end times, you know? what do you think about the blood moons? <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's gotta be nice to you. Like, I, and, and now I don't have those dumb conversations because nobody at my work cares about blood moons. Nobody cares about John Hagee and his stupid handkerchiefs. Nobody like I'm going off again, but like nobody at my work cares about that stuff. You know what they care about? Hey, my life is falling apart. Hey, my marriage is falling apart. Oh, what's it like to raise kids? Like, that's what, that's the stuff that they're wondering about. Oh my gosh. Diapers cost so much money. Uh, yeah, they do. Are you going to be okay? I just have to come to grips with this. Hey, I'm celebrating the fact that you have, you know, a new kid. Oh, like, you know, we're winning deals together. We're, we're solving problems together. Like it's significant stuff of life. Like even a friend of mine at work, like, uh, you know, we both know him. Um, he did your onboarding and like, he had a show the other night. I went to the show because, like, I really like him, and I want to support the stuff that he's doing. Yeah. And it's not like, a, I oh, I went because I, I wanted to get an inroad in his life. Like, I'm mm. already like, i already in his life. Yeah. Why not sharing it? Yeah. Like, if he loves that, well, why wouldn't I, wouldn't I take part in it? And that's the thing. Like, prioritizing people is everything that Jesus did. And the funny part is, when he did it, the religious people didn't like him for it. So you know what? I would much rather be disliked by every religious person on the planet, but know that I'm following in the steps of the person that I say I believe and I follow.
1: And that is as good as it's going to get
0: for a rap. Yeah. So um, I know you tried to put a nice no, bow on that. Listen, I know, put suspenders on and a tie you, and I went for you it. You know what that was? That was
1: like a pastor who... Said he was wrapping up his sermon. I know, and then I'm going to go around the, <laughs> and then the and plane's then, coming to a land, he, folks. and then yeah, and then came back again and gave a second kind of conclusion. And honestly, it was good. I, I think it's there. And so, thank you for joining us um, on this uh, uh, podcast this evening. Monologue. Um, no, I listen. I enjoyed it. It's going to be uh, hot takes for days. Uh. And, uh, so have a wonderful day or night, wherever you're listening to this. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye.